Shall we do the music? Let's do it. Hello. Welcome. Welcome to our episode nine of Periodical Banter. Hello, everybody. Hello. What are we learning about this week, Sam? So, this week we are doing space. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about space, boy. (laughs) Well, because last week well the last three weeks we've been doing a lot about earth and the environment of earth and stuff like that that i thought we'd like to sort of flip it on its head a bit and do spice spice that is true you are correct sir (laughs) so um i did a lot of research this week like an obsessive amount obsessive yeah because i know that there's going to be a lot of people that have been like (laughs) Hey, guess what? You're wrong, and You're here's wrong. why. <laughs> it's good to prepare. Very so, good. <laughs> I have references to back up most of the stuff I say today. If there's just any sort of off-the-cuff random tangents, that might be different. <laughs> okay, we might let you off, even though you did tell me off for that. Like, I week. tell you off all the time. Yeah, you do. This is our relationship. Welcome, <laughs> listeners, to our dysfunctional relationship. <laughs> um, Do you want me okay, to go first? So, oh. Yeah, so my contribution to this week is basically just going to be ripping on some ancient aliens shit because <laughs> it's really fun. <laughs> so um, you spent your entire week just basically watching documentaries watching. about ancient aliens? Yeah. I'm kind of into it. That's fine. (laughs) Why would you not want to do that? (laughs) Right, uh, so I'm going to start this week off by talking more about um, the discovery of Earth-like planets, which I thought was really cool because as discovering the first true alien Earth-like planet um, is a long-held dream for astronomers all over the world. And recent exoplanets discoveries uh, suggest that their dream will come true in the next two distant future, which is actually pretty cool. Because if I do get the chance to actually go to a different planet in my lifetime, I'm going to do it. Because fuck this planet, fuck coronavirus, I'm off. (laughs) Oh my god, (laughs) you mentioned it. (laughs) Yeah, so. I mean, now's the time, isn't it, really? You want? <laughs> that was the time, isn't it? Yeah. If if there's any time to leave right now, like it's a pretty it's, pretty <laughs> it's good pretty one. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's kinda spooky. So scientists have found thousands of alien planets since the first one which was confirmed to orbit a sun like star in nineteen ninety five, which I think was called fifty one Pegasi. Um mm. so more than half of these discoveries have been made by uh, NASA's special um, telescope called the Kepler Space Telescope. Uh, that was made in 2009, I think it was, on a mission to determine how common Earth-like planets are throughout the Milky Way galaxy. So, okay. So it's all quite recent then, really, isn't it? Yeah, so it's only been like the last 10 years, but like 
over 2,000 have been discovered. So, like, we're doing all right. Wow. It's yeah. a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kepler's observations um, are to look for sort of small rock world kind of Earth-like planets. <laughs> so, like, basically, they're trying to look for planets that have, like, a rocky surface. <laughs> yeah, don't judge my <laughs> hand Just laughing at your emotions. <laughs> I'm, I'm waving. He's oh. speaking with his hands. That's real nice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, if they find like um, if we find like a rocky planet, we then have to look into certain things that qualify it to potentially like life friendly. Air quotes. Life friendly, <laughs> human friendly. Yeah. So the planet must be relatively small, and orbit a um, what they call a habitable zone in a star uh, around a star. So it has to mm-hmm. be sort of surrounding a planet, uh, surrounding a sun where it's um, not too close where it bends off all the sort of surface water, but not too far away that all the surface water is frozen. Yes. So Goldilocks zone, <laughs> as they like to call it. Which I the hate. Because that story of Goldilocks, she gets eaten by a bear. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just right. <laughs> uh, now this uh, Kepler telescope, it's not the best. It's pretty good. And we're not dissing Kepler in any way. <laughs> but, like, I don't think you should. <laughs> But um, we do need sort of advancements in certain technologies uh, because the only thing we could sort of look at at the moment is like basic surface properties. So we can actually look at in terms of like atmospheric composition or how active its parent star is or anything like that. So we're looking at very minimal basic stuff. Has it got a rocky mm-hmm. surface? Has it got habitable water? Has it got liquid water on it? That's about the best we can do at the moment. Uh, yeah, essentials. Not saying that that's bad. Like, <laughs> holy shit, that's impressive. <laughs> um, we just need more detail. Yeah. So from from the research, um, I only thought there was like a a couple of potentially habitable planets, but it turns out there's even more potential planets than even we'd imagined as a planet. There's Ooh. heaps. So. Heaps. Um, a research team in 2019 discovered two Earth-like planets, which were in the perfect zone for water to form uh, on a presumably rocky surface. Um, mm-hmm. So the planets orbit a sun known as the Tiergarten Star, uh, which is only 12.5 light years away, which sounds a lot, because a light year is about 6 trillion miles, or 10 <laughs> trillion kilometres, so like 12.5 light years sounds like quite a lot, but it's not... In terms of Earth-like planets being close to us—that's pretty darn close. Yeah, like in terms of like vast space. Yeah, it's not that far, <laughs> but it's real fucking far in reality. Yeah, I mean, you're not you're not gonna get there in a rocket anytime soon. <laughs> uh, so these two planets do look an awful lot like Earth and our neighboring worlds. Uh, so the researchers have said, and mm-hmm. I think in our lifetime, there will be someone that gets to an Earth-like habitable planet. In our lifetime? I reckon so. Ooh. Maybe uh, in my lifetime. Maybe not yours. You you old. So, despite its proximity <laughs> of how close it is... Um, I thought you didn't even pick up on that. I am, I'm, just, I'm just avoiding you. <laughs> <laughs> just ignore my insults. <laughs> so, despite its proximity, this uh, nearby star, this uh, Tiergarten star, 
uh, was only discovered back in 2003. So I think it's just due to lack of technology that we've okay. not been able to find it. But um, And it's about 10 times lighter than our own sun um, it, and is one of the smallest stars that we know of. Um, it's not the best star because in terms of you want something that looks that could work in towards earth like having something that is 10 times later is not exactly perfect mm. <laughs> um mm. but they have managed to um figure out how old this star is and they uh, they've had a guess that it's roughly about 8 billion years old um and one of the main problems they have is I'm doing the hand thing again. Don't judge me. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> this is my this is my explaining hand. <laughs> um, it's the clock. So uh, the, one of the main problems they have with this planet in particular is, according according to the NASA team anyway, um, other planetary systems around our star, uh, around this uh, similar stars, have always been detected using transit method. Mm. Which is basically when uh, an orbiting planet passes in front of a star, it blocking the Earth's view, uh, it causes the celestial objects to darken for a brief moment, and then we measure that brief dark moment. Okay. But because um, the alignments and dimness of this star in particular, it's ten times lighter, it's not as bright, we can't actually do that, so we've had to develop a new way of doing it which is mm. i think pretty cool because fuck knows how i would do that <laughs> <laughs> how did they do that um, what is the new way so um astronomers instead used something called the uh, the Camino's next generation telescope designed specifically for this situation which is uh, located okay. in spain's calar alto observatory so the instrument allows researchers to look for any changes in a mini star's radial velocity, so how much it wobbles, if you like. Ooh. So, um, after three years of observation on this star and looking at wobbles and stuff like that, um, and more, hundred, more than 200 measurements, um, they've managed to indicate the existence of these two new planets near this star, which they've called Tiergarden B and Tiergarden C, which I think is absolutely genius. Why? I, because if you've if you're trying to look at something and it doesn't shine bright enough, in my head, I was like, well, well, fuck then. You can't look at things if it doesn't have any light. <laughs> That's what you need to look at things. You need light. <laughs> yeah. Not these guys. They were like, fuck it. We'll do, we'll do it on our own. We'll, we'll find our own way. <laughs> so they measured how much, like, the surrounding area of this celestial sun, like, wobbles. And then they just measure the wobbles and see if there's any sort of anything that bounces back. That is interesting, isn't it? But like, I I really do not know enough about like space to even mention like anything around that. Like, I wouldn't know how it was meant to be done <laughs> to suggest anything. Well, also saying we're not both that I would be able yeah, to that. we're both chemists and biochemists. So like, we are sort of quite it's we've got it quite world. easy when it comes to measuring stuff because all our instruments have been around forever. <laughs> all we just yeah. all we work out is how resolute we can get stuff. It's not necessarily we have to come up with new ideas to measure things. Chemistry will always be chemistry. You can always just measure things by certain analyses and you will never have like an issue of where you can't do it. And, and apart from 
like I said, resolution. If something is so small that you can't measure how small it is, then fair enough. Yeah. But and I mean, that, that's like, we don't really think about that part as much. No. Like, it's something that you consider, but like, that's more of like engineering, isn't it? Yeah. Then. Well, yeah, to we're, do with we're more synthesis and stuff like that, so. Yeah. We make stuff. We use and the then equipment. We, yeah, we then we use the equipment. <laughs> like, yeah, we just use the equipment to make sure that we've made our thing right. We don't really have to worry about if it's going to work or not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you do have to worry about that because a lot of the times things don't work. Yeah. And then that's when you pick up like random skills that you now know something yeah. new in the world of engineering. Like, oh, yeah. well, I'm, I'm never going to be able to know how to fix an MMR. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, no, that's a that's a one on its own. If you pick in equipment, that's yeah, that's the one that you need training for. <laughs> like, a lot of. Yeah. Anyway, um, these two planets, so Tiergarden B is the innermost planet, and according to the international team, it has 60% chance of having a temperature surface environment somewhere between 0 and 50 degrees, so it's not too dissimilar from ours, and probably closer to about 28 degrees Celsius, that is, like not Fahrenheit, all that w- other random ones that people use. Yeah, I mean, uh, we English, we're using degrees, <laughs> Whereas, no one knows what Fahrenheit is here. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas uh, Tiergarten C, like, um, do you know Fahrenheit? I think it's only, there's only like t- <laughs> a, a random tangent again. Um, I think it's only like three different countries that actually use Fahrenheit. And then just like a really, there's like random three mix. specific ones. But um, yeah. Yeah, because Canada like flick between degrees C and Fahrenheit, don't yeah. they? Although like we do use stone. As like a measurement of weight, which I found real Stern. stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> I feel I feel like like we should adopt kilos. It just makes sense. We definitely should. Yeah. But. But try telling England to do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I think my um, my like grandparents just still really struggle with anything that's like grams. They they really don't like it. <laughs> so. <laughs> Talking a generational thing there, so. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. It's going to take a long time. <laughs> There's not much you can do about that. Just no, old I people, don't think you old can people do a lot be old. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, however, while Earth 2.0 remains elusive, um, and they found some planets that are pretty close to having similar Earth like properties and stuff like that, um, there's not much that's almost identical to Earth yet. Mm. Until January. <laughs> Ooh. So January this year, uh, they potentially discovered an, uh, a very analogous planet very close to Earth, which I am excited about because it is not just close, it's like incredibly close. Which, How close are we talking? Like, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so NASA's uh, Transiting Exoplanet Survey Satellite, or TESS for short, uh, oh. has discovered its first air-sized planet. So it's uh, stars. It's in its star's habitable zone, uh, which is the TOI 700. That's the name of the star. They're obviously very catchy names, all of these. Oh, yeah. So, it rolls off the tongue. <laughs> <laughs> so it has the right conditions to allow for presence of liquid water on the surface, um, and they've named this planet TOI 700D because why not? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
Our planet doesn't really have much of a cooler name. Ours just means dirt. It doesn't really... <laughs> yeah, but it's like, it's an actual word, isn't it? T-O-I yeah. 700D is just code, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> Maybe uh, it'll get a new name. Yeah, hopefully. Like, if, if we eventually sort of, like, decide to explore and manage to go just over 100 light years away, but then, <laughs> which I don't think we can do. In... Yeah, set your goals high. Why not? <laughs> and then, right, do you know the main problem with... What? Um, it's space time. Because, mm. obviously, if you're trying to communicate with something that is 100 light years away, mm. obviously, the time for you, like, it's not going to be real time, is it? No. As soon as you go 100 million light years away, it's going to take, like, 100 light years away, it's going to take 100 years for your signal to get to them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's with uh, the best possible, so. <laughs> yeah. That's like. I am all for, like, terraforming planets. Cool, sick. Great way to, like, get new resources and shit like that. Yeah. Practicalities of it, I mean, I'm not smart enough to figure it out, but it's going to take a lot of figuring out. <laughs> <laughs> Hundred years in the making just for one one small question that you might have. <laughs> <laughs> or just we forgot this. Uh, well yeah. no oh, point fuck, in even I forgot my pen. Is there? Oh, shit. <laughs> Gonna have to go back. <laughs> uh so the TY seven hundred uh planet uh, sun is roughly forty percent of the sun's mass and at about half its surface temperature. So it's actually not too dissimilar. So it's about half could be better but it's definitely better than the other two from previous Mm -hmm. um and the uh 700 uh, ty 700d um is the outermost planet of the three that are there so there's b c and d um and measures only 20 percent larger than earth so in terms of planet size that's almost identical so which is pretty awesome Hmm. um and orbits every 37 days um, and receives roughly about 86% of the sun's energy that's provided uh, by, like, as we have, say if we have from the sun to us is 100%, mm. they get 86% of the relative. So it's not... Okay. So it's, like, it's habitable, I guess. Yeah, that's, yeah. That makes sense. Uh, the only problem I have, which was what I said about earlier, was just the, obviously the we don't have exact known figures for like conditions towards exactly what the climate like is there. And they're having a guess, at assuming that it is quite carbon dioxide dominated, um, which was very similar to what Mars was like when it very first started, when it was quite a young planet. Yeah. And it's quite strange to talk about planets when they're young. Actually, that's so yeah, fucking you long don't ago. Think about that, do you? <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, the only thing we've been able to do at the moment is do uh, simulations. So, um, so we can only assume that the um, atmosphere contains a deep layer of clouds um, on the star-facing side of it, whereas um, another model depicted it as cloudless. So we're actually sort of two ends of a spectrum. So they have basically no idea. But uh, the majority, <laughs> but the majority of the models do sort of assume that it is. In the sort of very very similar Goldilocks zone as what we've got, right? And it's 
it to me super exciting and i suggest that anyone get into getting like even if you just want to learn about cool things about like planets and stuff like that start with this one because when you start reading about it you're not gonna stop (laughs) (laughs) i spent and i i genuinely shit you not eight hours reading about this oh my god (laughs) non-stop nice wow (laughs) so So it's very much of interest to you i have a question for you go for it so I think I already, I definitely already know the answer. Yeah. But if the opportunity came up for you to be someone very yes. fortunate, yes, you can stop talking already. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, uh, without a doubt, if someone said to me, "You're going to be gone for the rest of your life," you can say bye to your friends and family, but you get to go see an entire other planet. Without a doubt, yeah, I'd do it. And it's nothing against yeah. my friends and family and stuff like that. It's just uh, <laughs> fuck you all. <laughs> but it's just, can you imagine the opportunity just to be the very first person on a brand new planet? Yeah, it would be pretty amazing, wouldn't it? But then also at the same time, it's kind of like it's if you get there, isn't it? I mean, like I know that the payoff if you do get there yeah. would definitely be like worth it and wow. Yeah. But but yeah, this this TOI seven hundred D this um. This Earth like planet is a hundred light years away. It's so unbelievable. I can't think of how far that is. Well, think of a mile. Mm -mm. Now think of six trillion of them. (laughs) Now think now times that by a (laughs) hundred. Numbers too big that my brain just can't handle. Get to a million, and then I'm like, mm, no. <laughs> yeah. So they like the like obviously the one of the first problems they're going to have to deal with is propulsion getting there. Like yes, you only have a certain source of energy, or like yes. you have a finite amount of energy, unless you can recycle it in somewhere. Mm-hmm. So that'd be like the first problem. Second problem is. Can we even live there? <laughs> yeah, well, it's obviously trying to figure out whether or not. Because it, um, it is a one-way trip, obviously. Who's yeah. going? <laughs> yeah, that's true. You need all the uh, smart cookies and hard workers. And it's it's not just that. It's like, well, you need someone to help repopulate, procreate. True, true. So you're going to have to take at least, I don't know, a thousand people plus. Yeah. You need, like, well, you need, like, a bit of everyone, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, and then there's the whole sort of ethics thing, like what race, creeds, and religions go there. Yeah, that's a that's a big question. <laughs> I mean, all of this is very like I really enjoy talking about it. I really enjoy <laughs> thinking about it, but I do just think like how 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 like <laughs> how <laughs> how just how how do this. <laughs> Because I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, that was me just talking about Earth-like planets. I assume that most people have already stopped listening because. Nah, I don't think they have. <laughs> to me, space is cool, man. It was super interesting, but um, obviously, it's horses for courses. Some people don't like talking about space. Horses for courses, but that's <laughs> it, Sam. <laughs> I haven't heard that in a long time. <laughs> My old manager used to say it all the time. We'd all just like horses for courses around the shop. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Anyway, Amy. Yes, Sam. Give me some of your 
weird. <laughs> Obviously, fucking conspiracy stories. <laughs> <laughs> my time to shine. <laughs> um, so, like I said, my contribution for this episode is just talking about ancient aliens and why it's quite silly. But also, I do very much appreciate it. Like, it is entertainment at the end yeah. of the day. They don't sell it as actual documentary science. Yeah. It's pseudoscience and entertainment. So Right, I'm just gonna get this one tangent out and it's gonna take like ten seconds. Oh okay. Sure. But it's just literally <laughs> Ancient Aliens, can you reference yes. your fucking articles please? Absolutely not, because it's not true. <laughs> this is what I'm about to explain to you. <laughs> but but they just say people say it or things have happened and you just like Yeah. When? So Can I read about this? Well, if you try to investigate things that you see on ancient aliens, you will see it is not particularly fruitful, as I found this week. <laughs> so, um, and I have done stuff like this before, where it's like, they'll talk about a certain thing, and I'm like, ooh, that sounds interesting. I'm going to deep dive a bit more into that. And the only thing that you really tend to find is people that are hardcore, either ancient alien fans, yeah. or just Insane. conspiracy theorists. <laughs> yeah, that just want to... The tinfoil run, people, just yeah. full on, ready to go. Flat yeah. earthers, whatever. Let's. Yep. The, the it's literally just all like, well, it has to be true because of this random piece of thing that someone once said, and it's like, you can't really argue with this because it's there's nothing there. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. so I have two theories. Yeah. They both play into each other, but I'm gonna start with hollow moon theory. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I've talked about this already before. So <laughs> friends of mine will already know that so I basically used to like watch stuff like Ancient Aliens and I'd go in the next day and be like, Do you know that the moon's hollow? <laughs> They'd be like Get leave. out. <laughs> Amy, but I just Amy, find it hilarious. And it's entertaining, okay? So Hollow Moon Theory yes. comes into play. So basically they explain it as so the moon is full of craters as we know it is not made of cheese it is made of rocks but it looks like cheese because of the craters so all of the craters on the moon are it's like consistently everywhere yeah which is not the best way to say that but it's very abundant it's quite uniform as well there's not any sort of like blank spots where there isn't any sort of craters or anything although we can't really tell because we can't see one half of the moon so that is true. But the people that have been <laughs> can confirm it's everywhere. Yeah. So um, basically, um, yeah, so tons of craters on the moon. And they're all from things like bombardment from meteors and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, which makes tons of sense because obviously the moon doesn't have the same protective atmosphere that we have. No. So it just gets battled with the rock daily. Um, so in Ancient Aliens they basically say that all of the craters on the moon are of the same depth while showing images where they are clearly not which <laughs> <laughs> right. is just beautiful <laughs> in itself um, but regardless so and then they go into yeah. talking about how um, in the pits of the craters the bottoms of them are actually um, convexed rather than concaved. Okay. So showing that it's like still circu- like spherical underneath. Yeah. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, Giorgio Suclus is obviously the guy that comes in at this point and is like, they're all convexed. And you're like, okay, <laughs> why? <laughs> um, well, actually, my, um, my first thing would be like, sir? <laughs> <laughs> what does it mean? Um, but I mean, like, there's tons of things that could explain that, isn't there? And it's, and like, so when they talk about, um, the craters like all being the same depth and stuff which they show that they are obviously not but if you think about it if something's under constant bombardment it's it's going to and like since it's not having any like blank patches like you said and it covers everywhere you're gonna have like rock coming off as well well like it, obviously if it's like because i'm guessing the like well i know that the, like the majority of the surface is like very fine rock it's like sand dust very yeah. very so obviously, things falling into craters would then mound up and eventually yeah. make its own mound. Like obviously, yeah. like it is minimal gravity over there, so there's not much uh, holding it on. Yeah. So like, and there's not, and there's obviously not not much sort of like action towards things moving either. But mm. there is potential for things to move because yeah. it's not zero gravity; it's micro gravity. So it's not necessarily like you're just completely weightless. As soon as you no, get on the yeah, moon, you, you can still, like, walk. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, to say that something is under constant bombardment, it's probably going to have, like... Like, if you had, like, constant bombardment of any surface, it's going to wear down at a similar rate, isn't it? It's not going to, like... Unless you had, like, a targeted... This bit to the left gets more than this bit to the right. Then, yeah, there's going to be a difference, yeah. but... Anyway. But you can see from here that the craters are different sizes. <laughs> I'm fully aware, Sam. I'm fully aware. We're just, we're just gonna hear what they say. Uh, go. Well, that's wrong. But tell me a story. And continue. That's that's how it's gonna be. But yeah. So where was I? <clears throat> so they um, talk about this and them all being same depth and that the insides of the craters are convex and all this but at the same time we already know that um the moon has like molten rock pools and well like history of them and like remnants of volcanoes so we already know that there is definitely like different um what's it called like terrain of the moon so to say that it's not, it's just a lie. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, I think I've made that point pretty clear now. But they also talk about, so in the craters, they only go down to a certain point, allegedly. And they like to explain this as um, like the whole spherical thing. So that there is something underneath that stops it from going any fa- further. But obviously... Um, it can actually be explained away by things that we already know. So um, the fact that they might only go down to a certain point could be that simply so, like you were saying earlier, the surface is covered with like moon dust, essentially, where it's just small bits of rock and dust. But the outer surface is like a very light rock but it handles impact really well and then it could just be that there's harder rock underneath so that's why it doesn't go down so far 
Well, yeah. Well, one one theory is that obviously the that the moon is just part of the Earth that broke off yeah, when there was like a giant, off, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. it's obviously sphericalized like over time, so they can have a guess of what the inner core of the moon is like just by looking what ours is like and just having yeah. a good old guess. <laughs> I'm I'm glad you brought that up because that comes into play a little bit early, uh, later on. All right. And um, is there going to be like lizard people and shit, or is it? <laughs> not not quite, but you're not far off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so um so I think I've already made my stance on this quite clear. I think it's just it can all easily like be explained away. Two seconds. Um, okay. <laughs> Do you know what that sound is? Hear <laughs> <laughs> you. Continue. Sounds going up on a Wednesday night. <laughs> anyway. Red stripe baby. <laughs> <laughs> Good God, you are becoming an alcoholic. I'm actually a little bit concerned. It, it's contamin- uh, It's self-isolation. It doesn't count. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is the uh, the alcohol killing all the bacteria in your mouth? Well, no, it's just the fact that like I don't know what daytime is now, so it could be daytime. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know what day it is. I don't know what time it is. The other day. How long have I been in self-isolation? Uh, two days ago. I had to check what date it was. Does... I know you did, because I messaged you last night trying to record the podcast and you didn't know it was Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting to me. I need routine. Yeah. Oh yeah, you are you are a person of structure. I'm handling it really well. <laughs> I'm really happy to just be in my house. Lots of thesis coming along. <laughs> it's actually going quite well for a change. <laughs> anyway, continue. Right. So we've talked about the craters. We've talked about depth, bombardment, yeah. all that jazz. Um. So in the same episode of Hollow Moon Theory. They also talk about um, the Apollo missions. So Apollo 12, which crashed, uh, well, crash-landed. I don't know if it crash-landed. Yeah. It just crashed into the moon. And um, it was reported that it reverberated like a bell for like four hours. There's no noise in space. How does it do that? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> well, I think like I feel like it's probably something that could be quite easily explained if you knew space well. As in like I don't know, like what can what can sound I mean, I don't know because it's a vacuum though, isn't it? Can sound, can you even make sound in a vacuum? No, like it, it well, if they're, I'm assuming they're all wearing space cost, uh, space outfits. Like, if they're all wearing their entire thing, like, and you can't hear anything through them because they're made so you can't. Well, and I think that's why it was more like, um, I think it was more equipment on the Apollo craft. Yeah. Was like recording, like, sound or like observation. Oh, well, if, if, they're anyway. in, if they're in their, if they're in their, like, buggy or whatever, or if they're in their craft or anything like that, and then. Yeah. Something hits the side of the craft and makes a ding. Then yeah, that's that's rock hitting metal. That's not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like, um, I don't. I really don't know like how this came into being because it's it's quite difficult to find things like I said earlier that support anything that comes from ancient aliens. So 
who knows if it really did but i think like i have heard that before yeah so, so where does the where does the inner core come into this then the hollow core was just wait <laughs> <laughs> so they said that it rings like a bell and then apparently when apollo 13 um was sent to the moon as well Apparently, this time, it rang like a gong. I don't really know what the distinction is between a a bell and a gong in space on the moon, but apparently that's a distinction that they felt the need to point out. But that apparently rang for three hours, and to a depth of 20 miles. How do they know that? Have they got a prong? I don't really know. I have a feeling. I think they they had stuff in place to monitor what was going on on the moon anyway, like previous missions i'm pretty sure apollo is it 11 is the one where they actually like made it and oh was that the one where they went around the moon and came back i can't really remember which one in which order but <laughs> i think that they already had Amy strikes again <laughs> with the fake news <laughs> yeah <laughs> call me out on it it's fine i don't i don't mind <laughs> um but i think they already had stuff in place to observe what's going on on the moon essentially yeah well, that and makes sense yeah so like the whole ringing like a bell or a gong or whatever was and they said for 20 miles now is that just a limit to their technology or is that just could be um again it's hard to find anything that actually supports what they're saying but if we're going with it stay with me <laughs> <laughs> um Okay, so in the same episode, this is a gem right here. In the same episode, they explain that the moon is made up of extremely lightweight rock that can handle impact really well and talk about how the deeper you go, the more impacted that is, so it's going to be harder rock. Yeah. So they just fuck their own theory (laughs) of the whole, like, why craters are so deep? Well, I've just gone. So we're talking out our ass. Yeah. So, but I feel like so. This is what I realized this week of watching these episodes is that I feel like they do that a lot. As in, they'll tell you a load of bullshit, and then there'll be like one little gem where they go, "This is something that disproves our entire thing. See if you can figure it out." That's <laughs> like, well, just conspiracies as a whole. Like they will just say like a. It's all built on com- like a one... complete, like something that could be completely true. And then just yeah. take that truth and just go away Snuggle. with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Sam, you asked why the moon may be hollow. Yeah. They've got an answer for that too. Here is the beautiful theory that the moon is an alien spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> what? I mean, it's like built? Yes. Someone built so, it? Yes. So obviously, as we know it, the moon, yeah. like you mentioned earlier we currently believe that it was made by it was a piece of earth and after a collision it separated and that's why it still hangs around but ancient aliens would like you to believe differently and they would like you to believe that it was placed there artificially by alien intelligence brought to earth um but of all the surfaces you could use for a, a spaceship brittle rock is not something well, I would choose. The idea is that it would be a spaceship inside and then obviously cover it in the rock to disguise the fact that it's a spaceship. To who? Us. 
But what? <laughs> we we humans to not know that our alien overlords are secretly watching our every move and monitoring us. Well, we're vastly, vastly bigger than them. <laughs> you know what's more baffling than this is that people actually believe this. Because <laughs> people talk about it quite a lot, and people are like, like in. So I watched um, the clips of this on like YouTube to just like find episode inspiration or whatever. Yeah. And um, I was, like, reading the comments for this one. And people, like, a, a shocking amount of people, they, they believe this. And it's just, like, the aliens are watching us. I knew it. It's like The Sims, but they're, the aliens are, um, like, the making the simulation and we're in it and da-da-da-da-da. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> one of my, one of my friends today. from college still to this day genuinely believes that we've not been to the moon. And she she purposely says it just to piss me off. <laughs> I can believe that. <laughs> so Haley, if you're listening, go fuck yourself. <laughs> you're not allowed to listen. No. <laughs> um. Okay. So the way this theory came into play from ancient aliens, anyway, is so they tell the story that two Russian government scientists studied findings from various moon missions um, and they published that they thought uh, the moon was artificial. So they're called Vasin and Sherbakov and it was published in 1970. This is where I said if you go looking it's really not very fruitful. I tried to find this paper and the way that they show it in the actual episode is they have it as like written as like a journal article and then they like zoom in on certain bits and all that. It doesn't exist. <laughs> what, it this was entire published. article? Yeah, so like it doesn't exist online to find. Like, believe me, I exhausted all options. <laughs> okay. The ones that are not like kosher as well. So I really struggled to find it. But anyway, um, so they published their findings in Sputnik, yeah, which was a Soviet-Russian magazine, which is very similar to the American version of like Reader's Digest. Oh right, so it's so not it's like, not when you say like it's an article, you thought it's in like a journalist no. article, not like an actual academic article. It's not article, like it's not a scientific it's... publication yeah. that has been peer-reviewed. Yeah or like has any credit to it it's two russian scientists have published her findings in a magazine which like not to sound like a dick but i mean it could be the case if we're playing devil's advocate it could be the case that these two guys are russian scientists and they're doing all this work and they've published it elsewhere and then this magazine has like published their findings as in like do you know what I mean as in like a promotional science piece yeah it it's could like, be something it's, like that it's like um, what's it called the um, the Briggs-Meyer test everyone thinks that Briggs-Meyer are like two scientists from like <laughs> some amazing research lab and it's like two female authors I don't know why I'd say female there that didn't <laughs> But it's like it's like <laughs> two authors like they just read someone's idea that was from way back when, and even the person who originally wrote it was saying this is dog shit. You can't just put people <laughs> into four categories. So these two women just went, okay, how about sixteen, and just went with it. 
And now <laughs> people like legitimately use this for like work. Oh yeah, people use it for like job applications and stuff, don't they? Which is insane. Yeah. I think I'm an INFP, which I think I don't remember anything that it means now. <laughs> I think I'm a shut up and get in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> I do love it though. Like I've, I think it's quite an American thing, isn't it? But like, um, I have seen in like YouTube videos or just like TV shows and shit like that, like reality garbage. But people will be like, "I'm an INFP," or like, "I'm a Ian." Is it like the, the new astrology <laughs> where it's just like you'd name a planet and go, "Ah, oh. yeah." <laughs> it's like whatever. This is how I communicate. But anyway, yeah. back to story. So, um, yeah, so I don't even know if this is like a legit journal source or anything. I tried to do my digging, but it doesn't look like it is. Um, however, what you do tend to find is because they did this whole like, displayed it as a like page in a journal, people. Yeah have then just copied that text verbatim and said like this is what it says this is the evidence as to like why this actually exists nowhere can you find results nowhere mm. can you find methods nowhere can you find like anything if there's anyone out there that's listening that can send me a doi link to the journal for this i would love to read it i tried to find it i couldn't and yeah it, like if you want to go down that rabbit hole you go ahead but <laughs> you may waste quite a few hours <laughs> For something that is not going to happen. Mm. But like, um, the, I mean, I nearly got tricked into like a few definitely just like illegal downloads that basically <laughs> just copy what you search for and just say, yeah, it's here as a PDF. Yeah, that's why you need a VPN. Yeah. It wasn't that stupid, but <laughs> um, yeah, so the the best I could find was other people basically typing up what they had, what they could see in a paused clip of the the show. Anyway. And people think so, that's like genuine, like, because they've seen something, they genuinely just imagine it to be true. Because yeah, but I mean, like, something it's, that they've seen. it's like a, it's like a recreation, isn't it? You know, like if you watch like a crime documentary and they have like, um, what are they called? Like a face profile. And you, you... No, as in like, um, like recreating what happened. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, reenactments. Yeah, it's like that. Yeah. Like they're trying to make it like, I don't know, glamorized if that's the yeah. right word. No, what is it called? I but... think it's called Scotoma, which is uh, what the I see, the mind believes. So like, if you have the intention of seeing something, yeah, then the majority of the time your brain will trick you into seeing it, and it's just yeah. one of those things that like. It's why people It'll believe like in ghosts and stuff like that. It's because, like, if someone's scared of the dark and sort of assuming that there are ghosts already, then they're going to assume that they've seen one. Whereas someone who's a bit more sort of, sort of, I don't want to say realistic, Skeptic. but <laughs> skeptical is the right word to use. <laughs> it's the second law of thermodynamics, people. Just if you can't, you can't well, conserve um... energy, and you but you're releasing energy. It's not a perfect cycle. Therefore, you have to eat. Therefore, there can't be ghosts the end <laughs> this is not an argument for today <laughs> we're already like doing battling ancient aliens logic <laughs> we ain't going down ghosts as well <laughs> too much <laughs> anyway, anywho so so yeah so basically 
I don't think it's real. I think it's just a reenactment. And it's basically just taken, like, plucked from a magazine or whatever. Anyway, so. Go. From their findings, it appeared that the moon was hollow. This is another beautiful gem. Ancient aliens then explain that this cannot exist because of the known laws of physics. Therefore, it has to be artificial. (laughs) What? So what they're basically saying was hollow moon theory, what we just talked about, isn't true because of the known laws of physics. Therefore, it's not hollow. It's a spaceship. (laughs) (laughs) And your mind just goes, wow. (laughs) Regardless if you believe in aliens or not, there is only one type of physics. It's physics. The rules apply everywhere. (laughs) So, like, when people say, oh, well, they obviously don't apply to our physics. Shut up. They have to. It's physics. (laughs) I mean, I don't know anyone who's saying that because... Ancient aliens do, and they're fucking stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Space physics is different. (laughs) Again, a a similar one. Well, science can't explain everything. It doesn't have to. Otherwise, it'd stop. (laughs) Science is literally looking at something, writing it down. Those are the two premises of science. It's not anything <laughs> magical. There's nothing that you can do that's amazing. It's you observe something, you write it down. Science. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway. Okay. Sorry. I'm right. going on a tangent now. <laughs> it's okay. Um, right. So, they then go on to explain that um, in this publication air quotes yeah (laughs) strong air quotes at the moment um they explain that the moon dust on the moon dust on the moon that that is where it is yeah uh moon dust consists of metals such as chromium titanium zirconium and which is fine um, you find them on earth as well so yeah and they then go on to say that you also find um, uranium and what was the other one? I'm a chemist, I should remember this, but it's really just popped out of my head. The one that uranium degrades into. And they were basically saying, because the latter exists, that um, it is man-made and it had to be put there because it doesn't exist naturally. It's like, no, no, if uranium's there, that's going to be there as well. <laughs> that's just... Half-lives are a thing. It's very eventually, easy to explain. all of the elements will eventually just become the final element. <laughs> they will just become hydrogen. That is half-life. That is how it works. Yeah. It degrades, but, it degrades, uh... it degrades. It may take billions of years. But it, it, all it is is just how long it takes to degrade to become a proton again. Yeah. <laughs> and then the life continues. It turns into a star. Stars do the thing. Make more elements. The life continues. <laughs> yeah. That's literally so simple. <laughs> but, you know, we're arguing with stupid here. So <laughs> <laughs> You should never argue with stupid people. They play by different you rules. You should never argue with stupid. It's a, it's a different game. Yeah. Anyway, so, um, Giorgio Suclos then comes out at this point with his hands in his hair and says that this all must be true because one study suggests it, obviously. Yeah, and that one um, study, obviously, everyone takes one study as gospel, and that is it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, 
he says, um, through all their calculations and mathematics, they determined that their theory is correct. And in big, bold capital letters <laughs> in their own re- like reenactment of this document, it says, our hypothesis. <laughs> <laughs> Which are two very different things, and I don't think Giorgio knows that. Yeah. Bless his soul. So, yeah. yeah. Again, going to go on a tangent again. Go on. Hit me with it. So, if you are a legitimate scientist, you can be almost... You know almost the difference. <laughs> you know the difference. <laughs> Firstly, there is no such thing as facts in science. It's not a thing. Mm-hmm. That's why they're called theories, because as much as you like to believe that they are the perfect epitome, eventually there may be something that is contradictory to that theory. And then you change the theory. Therefore, See. no such thing as facts. So if anyone says that is complete facts, like even if it's something as simple as gravity, evolution, whatever, Newton thought that gravity was a perfect idea, then Einstein came along and went, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> About so, to yeah. blow your mind right here. Anyway. Yeah, so um, it's all obviously very leading language, isn't it? Because it's all just telling you a story and wanting you to believe it. But anyway, so... Um, um, anyway, so I think that's it for this week. Uh, we basically spoke about some interesting science facts and then went on a real, real tangent. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, I feel like that's easy to do with space, though, isn't it? Because there's just right. so much to talk about and so much that we don't really know. Yeah. But the things that we do know are not an inch and aliens. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, there are going to be a lot of things that we may get wrong because... Again, we're not astrophysicists, so if there is anyone out yeah. there that would like to sort of either divulge or sort of explain further into certain things, yeah, we're more than happy do. to. There's a nice way mm-hmm. to do it. Just Tell us what you know, because yeah. it's very fascinating, isn't it? Like, I feel like I've met like a few people who do astrophysics, and I'm just like, yeah. tell me about the things that you do. <laughs> well, the thing is, um, I know a couple of people that do astrophysics, and they say it's real boring. Because yeah. obviously there's nothing out there. It's either hydrogen or helium, and then that's it. Yeah. You don't really have much else. <laughs> and a lot of the time, it's a lot of like simulated stuff, isn't yeah. it? So it's like so you can either do computer models or very very basic chemistry. Yeah, I mean, chemistry part's cool. Yeah, I in guess. my opinion. <laughs> anyway. anyway. Yeah. Thank you for joining us this week. Yeah. If you would like to do so, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram yeah. at Periodical B on Twitter yeah. and Periodical Banter yeah. on Insta. So we've got a we're new starting... sorry, uh, we've got a new timeline now as well. So uh, we are doing every Monday now. Now, yes. for those out there that are really, really interested in our our podcast. We may. We may start a Patreon. <laughs> may. But... It's not for certain yet. This is just for funsies at the moment. Yeah. But for people who actually want to get early access or anything like that, let us know and we will decide on whether we're actually going to do anything like that because at the moment we all we both have full-time jobs. We're not really sort of into this full time. Mm. But we do like doing it. So if you also like listening to it, we'll obviously do more. And we'll happily yeah. do a lot of uh, more topics on stuff that people may be more interested in towards other people's interests. So, like, if you want to sort of yeah. send us any information of what you find more interesting or what we should research for the next week or the week after or anything like that, let us know. Yeah. I think it would be quite cool to do, like, um, a listener's questions as well, yeah. if people are actually interested in things like that. So, like, if we do a topic one week 
and people have questions you could submit them and then we can oh, we could even do like it. a live stream and just have people like sort of real time ask yeah. us questions and then we can go from there and we can give our honest opinions or like even our sort of academic knowledge towards something yeah we got a lot of ideas but yeah. we shall see where the coming months take us yeah happy we'll isolation how many people everyone we might, <laughs> yeah we might find some new followers from isolation okay. so if you're new welcome yeah. <laughs> hope we didn't offend you already yeah. <laughs> and sorry for the accents this is the north of england this is how we sound yeah. <laughs> yeah i've had quite a lot of this at work recently i work with a lot of people in america and i think they just really don't understand what i say <laughs> i talk very like a lot clearer for this as well yeah. compared to my day-to-day voice you've so. got your full-on phone voice on i do have my phone voice on which is still absolutely disgusting but i'm trying <laughs> <laughs> Right. Anyway. Anyway. See you guys next week. Self-willing done. See you next week. Bye. Bye.